0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. I would like to read again from the Gospel reading you just heard earlier, John's question to Jesus, are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? How good it is to be here this morning, the first day of classes great St. Louis weather, and here in chapel praying together and being fed by Christ's love. How much better can it be? I sincerely hope that all of you had a good summer. To those of you who are returning from your vicarages or internships, welcome back. I'm sure that most of you are already wondering where you will be a year from now. Those of you who are beginning your studies are probably wondering how well you will do academically as well as in your relationships with your professors and your fellow students. Those of you who are professors are probably wondering what your students will be like. This is always an exciting time but obviously a time of many questions. And those questions reflect both hope as well as anxiety and fear. The reading from Matthew's Gospel, which you just heard, a text which echoes this past Sunday's Gospel lesson of Jesus healing the man who was deaf and had an impediment in speech, that reading also begins with a question. A question filled with anxiety. The question of John the Baptist to Jesus, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we expect someone else? John, frustrated that he was in prison, obviously fighting doubt and despair, wonders if Jesus is really the promised Messiah. On John's mind were questions such as, Why isn't Jesus proclaiming the wrath of God? Why is he not preaching repentance and blasting people out of their complacency? Why was he instead attracting people to himself, preaching mercy and peace? Jesus was not using the right words for John. There was no fire in his preaching and teaching. John's style for Jesus was very much like that of Sally in one of the classic Peanuts cartoons. In that cartoon, Sally and Linus are sort of walking along together to school, both carrying lunchboxes. Sally then says to Linus, I would have made a good evangelist. You know that person who sits behind me in school? I convinced him that my religion is better than his religion. And Linus then asks, how did you do it? Sally answers, I hit him with my lunchbox. John wanted Jesus to hit people with his spiritual lunchbox. But something else was instead happening. Jesus was helping people. I'm also sure that John must have thought, I'm in prison for someone like that? And being in prison in John's day was not easy. Prisons were often little more than pits where prisoners were thrown together with no regard for the seriousness of their crimes. Sanitation was primitive, in fact, probably did not exist at all. For a man like John, who loved fresh air and open spaces, to be in prison had to be hell. So it's not surprising that John wonders if he might be mistaken about Jesus. John probably also thought, if Jesus can heal people and raise them from the dead, why doesn't he get me out of this stinking hole? And yet I must also quickly add that whatever John's state of mind, he didn't just sit by and cry in his beer. He sent two of his disciples to Jesus to ask him, are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? Interestingly enough, Jesus did not answer John's question directly. He simply said to John's disciples, Go back and report to John what you see and hear. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the good news is preached to the poor. That was Jesus' proof as to who he was. Now what do you and I do if someone asks us to prove who and what we are? Those of you who are professors might pull out a list of your degrees and educational credentials. Those of you who are students might brag about the fact that you are seminarians or deaconess students or graduate students. Seminary and deaconess students, after all, are at least one or two steps above lay people. And those of you who are back from Vicarage are even higher on the spiritual ladder, right? Right. Now well, while that there is some truth in what I'm saying. And the obvious spiritual responsibility that goes with it. We dare not lord it over one another or anyone, for that matter. Look again at how Jesus handles John the Baptist's question. He, the Son of God, doesn't pull out his credentials. He doesn't do a one-up kind of thing with John. He simply sends John a report of what was happening in the lives of people because of his healing power and the message of love and forgiveness. Believe me, believe in me, John, because of what I'm doing for hurting people Jesus is saying. I think it's significant that Jesus also adds a warning to His words when He says, Blessed is the one who does not fall away on account of Me. I wonder if we at times do not also need that warning. I wonder if the busyness with study and academic activities which will dominate most of our time in this next school year, that that busyness might cause us to forget that Jesus wants to be the center of our lives. That busyness might cause us to miss who Jesus really is, just as John did because he was looking in the wrong places. We need to take time away from that busyness to allow Jesus and his love and mercy to work in us. We need to take time away from that busyness to pray together to cultivate our life together in this place. President Meyer in his sermon in the opening service deliberately chose the theme, Life Together, to challenge us to do just that, to pray with and for one another. That theme and the reading together this year of Dietrich Bonhoeffer's book Life Together will hopefully help us as faculty and staff and students to be a group of people in whom is seen all the signs that Jesus Christ is among us yes among us working living loving we need to be an example of what happens to a community when it is fed by Christ, a community that is truly committed to living and working and praying together. We need to go the extra mile for a hurting brother or sister. We need to speak well of those around us. After all, are we not the people who loved by Christ are about the business of learning how to love and care for others? What God wants for and from us is what he is all about. Just look at our God. He created us for no other reason than to love us. He wants nothing else than to make us into his people, a faithful people, people who will be his friends forever, a trusting people to whom he can give good and great gifts and a loving people moved by his love to love one another. That's why he sent his son Jesus to live, to die, and to rise again for us. At the beginning of this school year in this seminary, then, may your prayer and mine therefore be, Lord, help us to find true joy in you and in serving you and one another. Amen.